Welcome to the Industry.Beauty's In Conversation podcast, where we invite you to tune into the stories of beauty's most inspirational leaders. From the history of their careers to the current priorities for their businesses and advice for their fellow beauty friends, these conversations cover it all. The In Conversation series is staged in partnership with Klarna. Jamie O'Banion is the founder and CEO of Beauty Bio, a results-driven and science-based brand known for its range of skincare and hair care products. Having grown up in the skincare industry learning from her biochemist father, the pair founded Beauty Bio after seeing a need in the retail space for the type of clinical-grade skincare developed for plastic surgeons and dermatologists. Jamie speaks to me, Sophie Smith, news and features writer at the industry.beauty, to speak about the inspiration behind the brand, its progression since launching, and the importance of science to deliver top-notch results. Jamie, it's so lovely to have you on the podcast this week. How are you today? Oh, thank you so much for having me, Sophie. I am doing well. We have lots going on. I'm here at the Beauty Bio headquarters and... It is definitely a buzz. We have a really big launch coming up next month and rolling out a big expansion this week. So hence my scratchy voice and thanks for everyone's patience. It's been um, just an amazing, uh, amazing last few days. So I'm excited to get some time to say hello. I'm very much looking forward to speaking to you about yourself today and also, of course, Beauty Bio. So if you just sort of get straight into it, let's look back in time a little bit before you started the brand. Can you just tell me about life before and what maybe what your career history is? You know, it's interesting because I'm a big believer that life leaves you breadcrumbs. And oftentimes when I'm helping to mentor someone who's just starting out and they have a rough idea of what it is that they'd like to achieve or perhaps pursue, but it all feels very confusing and overwhelming. And P.S., every successful entrepreneur, that feeling never goes away. <laughs> You're always having to figure it out. And and every day is a new day. You know, every new milestone the company achieves, I've never run a company that size before. And um, it's I'm always learning something new and making lots of mistakes along the way. And hopefully you just don't make them twice. That's the key. Learn quickly. Um, but I think when I look at my breadcrumbs in my life and kind of what led me to today, it's really, um, a quite interesting cacophony of separate exposures that when you look at them together, um, as an aggregate, it's very clear why I had different, um, experiences in my life that have helped in every single angle of the business, um, functioning as founder and CEO, which are two very different roles. Um, and I started out, um, in skincare without even knowing I was in skincare because I grew up in the industry. My dad is an amazing physician. And so my dad became an owner in this facility in the U S and he's a total brainiac, like absent-minded professor. And I would say that if he was right here, like just our dinner table conversations now in hindsight were quite unique. It was not like, what movie do you want to go see this weekend? It was like, what do you think about the pH level of this and sodium ascorbyl phosphate versus magnesium ascorbyl? I mean, it was fascinating. And our you know refrigerator was full of like crazy unlabeled products, HGA, GFS, um, all kinds of things. And um, because my mom 
was staying to help uh, care for my brother, my dad would invite me on some of these, you know, adventures because he then became an owner in a lab in Germany and then one in Singapore. And in hindsight, at the present, at that moment, it just seemed like a really cool, fun trip with my dad, who I loved. I didn't realize that as I was visiting these different places, I was absorbing so much information, having no idea that one way, one day I would run a company that is a worldwide brand, one of the fastest growing skincare brands. Uh, my team is at Harrods in London today. Um, we've launched in Germany. We were looking at launching into Asia and the exposure at such a young age, the breadcrumbs of knowing what that looks like. And some, some needs are universal. Everyone wants smoother skin, but in uh, Asian markets, there's more of a focus on brightening and hyperpigmentation. Um, texture is really important. Kind of Germany, Italy, pores is, is one universal across all countries for many things, but the market specificity that I was able to really glean without knowing it at such a young age was instead of my MBA and business, it was like a master's in beauty. <laughs> um, because I would say before I was 16, Sophie had my driver's license. I could tell you what different skincare concerns were, what different active ingredients did. And I am like a total nerd, love science, love. I will like go deep down the rabbit hole. Um, and I am a pressure tester, meaning I, it's hard for me to believe certain statistics or claims that people make. I, I want it really proven to me. So I would say one thing that really, really sets us apart is all of our products are third-party clinically tested. And you have to remember, growing up in the lab, that is just how we did things. Yes. So I'm understanding that obviously performance and knowledge is a really big part of this. So when you, that's what inspired sort of the brand and its inception. So you have this idea, you want to be better. What's the first thing you do? What's the first product you launch? Can you tell me more about that? Oh, for sure. Um, well, first you feel very overwhelmed. Um, I have to tell you, I raised my business and my children simultaneously, and it is not for the faint of heart. Um, I wasn't traveling like I travel now when my babies were newborns. And I said, no, I, I pushed off launching into retail, like full-blown massive retail expansion until my kids were in full day school. And you know what? If I'm looking at that through a VCPE strategic acquirer funnel, could I have uh, pushed, pressed the gas and leaned in faster in the very first early years of the company? Yeah, I probably could have. But you know what? I am everything to my little people. You know, as adults, we have a lot of people in our life and a lot going on, but only three people get to call me mom. So it was important to me that. I was building something that uh, put my family first and we became a team. Like I remember actually when we launched at Harrods, I had my husband who's been unbelievably incredible and supportive and just an amazing partner and the kids with me. 
And my two little girls ran up to our beautiful display in Harris and they're like, mommy, our products are here. And I just love that they said our, and they felt a part of it. And I just think that's incredible. So, I mean, we had a, you know, multi-million dollar sales out business in our first couple of years of business. And I had a headcount, I think of like three, <laughs> um, but I'm so grateful for that because I was able to save until I could afford a bigger team. Um, I was able to learn um, so many pieces of the business. Everyone I hired is absolutely better than I was at doing their role, but I was good enough to you know, get us there and, um, and then they can help make it better. And our team has done that. Everyone's so much better in their specific roles than I could ever be and have so much respect for what everyone contributes every day. So when I first started, kind of when you're like, what does that look like? So I first started with our retinol product, R45, which is still a top seller for us. It's a three-phase system. Um, I happen just have one here, actually. And it's awesome. It steps up in concentration so your skin doesn't freak out along the way because retinol can be highly inflammatory. We have a new um, retinol molecule that we developed and filed with the Inky, own, patented. Um, so every skin type can use it. Um, it's outperformed medical grade retinol. Of course, that's not a you know claim we make or talk about. That's just internal testing that we um, that we did because I wanted to know that um, we had we had made something better. That's really important to me. Um, that we are always pushing. I mean, I'm a big believer. Like, it's really usually only like 10 more effort to make something that's exceptional. Like I see so many people that just kind of stop here, and it's like just you know one step more makes it really incredible. Um, so that we started there on air. And I have to tell you, if you've ever seen the movie Joy, I really did have that moment, Sophie, where you walk on set. I had no idea what I was doing. I just had the knowledge that I'd been born with the breadcrumbs, like, you know, and I should throw in a tidbit as well. I also um, started modeling when I was about 17. Just was one of those random things that kind of came to me. And um, I'm so grateful for that experience because I had to work with some of the top makeup artists in the world, some of the top skincare experts, right? And pick their brains on, well, why are you using this here? And, you know, what does this look like? And why do you think this ingredient does that, whether it did or didn't? It's perception is reality. So to under start understanding my consumer. And now, for example, when I was on set at our, we have a studio, beautiful studio in our office. And I was on set with my creative director and team having and interestingly enough, one of the models that was there was from my old agency, which is like full circle. Um, he's super cool. And, uh, it was just an amazing moment. I remember like being, you know, cause I modeled all through college and, um, it was just a great way to pay the bills. I mean, truly when I first started the business, I could, I bring my computer on set and while everyone was like chit chatting around the catering table, I'm like working away. And then I'd fly to our lab, um, every Tuesday and just, you know, block out that day. So I wasn't shooting. And, um, it was a weird, like behind the microscope in the lab. And then like in front of the camera, just that full funnel, it, it was very, very helpful because at the end of the day, you can have the greatest formula in the world, but if no one knows about it, so what, who cares? Yes. So science and technology seems to be like a really big part of the brand. Um, so why would you say this is so important and makes it makes you better than your competitors, for example? Sure. Uh, for me, it's about three words and we have them and neon above the glass board in our main conference room, like just down the hall, um, truth and beauty, truth and beauty, science, testing, 
if you peel that onion layer back and you go one layer deeper, why is that important? Efficacy. Why is efficacy important? One layer deeper. Efficacy important is important because it engenders trust. If you tell me that a cream is going to help hydrate my skin 65% more proven by a transepidermal water loss test, which I know is a fancy word for something that tests the hydration in your skin, and it doesn't deliver that, then I'm going to be upset, right? If you tell me that it's going to make my skin more hydrated, but you don't give me any percentage and it doesn't do anything, I'm going to be upset, right? The confidence and trust, which again, distilling one later deeper, is empowering to people when they know I don't want to be one more thing that disappoints someone in their life or that they can't count on or they have to think about. We're going to do all the nerdy science work in the background. So, you know, like I only use our products on my skin only. And if someone can develop something better than we have, great, then go use that. But this, every single product is a best in class formula on multiple Fitzpatrick skin types, genders. It's amazing, actually, the similarities and how synonymous skin is. I know we think about it, a girl, guy, this, it's cellular function. So yes, men, women, we all have the same dynamics and um, anatomically might be different, but from an atom base level, function the same way from with regards to cellular activity. So for me, um, I think that differentiator and why science and tech is important is it's a proof point that can instill that confidence in people that they know that they can count on the brand. They can have, I don't like to talk about perfect skin. It's about healthy skin. Our skin's our largest living organ. We use non-acidic vitamin C. Everyone's still using ascorbic acid, which is all we had 20 years ago. We were very involved in L-ascorbic acid. Uh, we use magnesium ascorbyl phosphate or sodium ascorbyl phosphate. So you don't have the burn. Acid eats the skin, right? Science advances. Same thing with our retinol. We use a deep-release retinoid that we developed. Um, that's a blend of retinol, retinyl, and retinoic acid. Um, so I think just having that approach of knowing it's a formula you can count on, that trust and that empowerment that you feel when you feel really good and confident about healthy skin, you can go out and accomplish so much. And the messages that I get from people growing back their hair, we launched into hair and scalp recently and won several awards for it, growing people's hair back by 50%. I formulate problem solution. If there's a problem that no one has cracked, I'm going to go after it. We launched the first ever dry shampoo that's alcohol and starch free. We have a patent on it. In the entire industry, no one else has launched a starch-free, alcohol-free formula. Starch is so bad for your scalp. It's attributed to why people are having early onset hair loss and itching, and it's not good. So ours is starch-free, which means it's clear as well, so you don't have the crazy like gray roots, and it's actually good for your scalp because it contains our follow-grow growth complex. There's a low-cost leaf and rose bay extract zinc. It's amazing. You mentioned before about your dry shampoo and hair care is something that I wanted to sort of get into because you do skincare as well. So when was it you decided to get into hair care? How long after the brand launched? We launched a decade ago, 10 years ago. 
And we started first, the first several years while my babies were little, just in skincare. And we were working on our microneedling tool, Glow Pro. And P.S., working on that because in a Petri dish, we were having all of these amazing results, fibroblastic activity. But then on human skin, it was like some ingredients would get stuck, even with nano delivery systems. So just like you aerate the garden and you, you know, or plant your seeds in the garden, it creates little invisible micro channels that allows the ingredients to get down where they can work. They can't work sitting on the surface of the skin, which is why so many people are disappointed with their skincare because you might as well use cold cream. It might feel good, but it's just literally sitting on the surface of the skin. So by glow proing first at night and then putting your ingredients on, they can actually work your, your active ingredients. Um, so first we started in retinol, R45, most important ingredient you can use at night. And then once our patent was issued, I launched glow pro. So then we became the first brand to really be straddling successfully tools and topicals. Right. And I had to introduce my audience into GlowPro, why it's important. We've been doing it in doctor's offices. We've been doing it here. Now you can do it at home safely. doesn't hurt. Patented. It's amazing. And at that time, then we launched into to retail and brought our full range, you know, cleansers, day program, night program. And I mentioned microneedling because we were having all of these individuals, you know, and it won the Allure Best of Beauty Award, Vogue, Cosmo in Three Countries, Town and Country, um, no, Vogue Zamboni for Wrinkles. I love that's the that's my favorite line that Vogue ever said about Glow Pro. I don't think it was a, the Beauty Award. That's my favorite one with with Vogue, um, InStyle Magazine, New Beauty, and you know, on and on. And we had it just took the beauty community by storm. Still top seller, and we had all of these people sending us pictures showing how Glow Pro was making their eyebrows grow back. Even Hada of Hada Beauty was like, I filled in a spot in my hair that was thinning using my Glow Pro. And what people didn't know is I was already in two years into a study with some alopecia patients because microneedling grows your hair back. Why? It optimizes every cell by forcing a new skin cell that comes back in a perfect condition, right? So it's beautiful, new bouncy skin. You're not going to grow an eyebrow hair out of your cheek because those cells are programmed to know what they should be. But it does as our cell activity turns, you know, slows down as we age. Same thing with your hair. So we're able to magically reignite follicular activity in the hair when you glow pro and we have a separate attachment head for it, that's a little bit wider, almost like a razor, you know, it has like kind of flexes with you since your round head and, um, it will never get tangled in the hair. You just gently, um, it feels like a little massage on the scalp and then you put our scalp serum on and it just drinks it in and third-party clinical studies with bioscreen, they're in my opinion, the top third-party lab in the U S I was talking to our head PhD there. She's like, Jamie, I've never seen results like this. We achieved typically hair studies. You're looking at six months to get results. Minoxidil is, you know, historically been used as, as a standard, but very chemically, the quality of that hair that it grows back is very much cotton-like in texture, which I don't love. Um, and we're chatting and she's like, you have surpassed minoxidil. You guys are achieving 50% hair regrowth, not at six months, but 
as early, some people see it as early as two weeks, depending on how young you are, younger you are, the faster you see results. It's really, really cool. So we got into scalp, not because we were seeking. We didn't wake up one morning. We're like, let's get into hair care. We literally had so many people showing results with returning the volume back to their hair, building volume to your skin, building volume back to your hair, that it was just a really natural transition for us. You mentioned in there clean ingredients. Is this something that runs throughout the brand and something important to you? What sort of ingredients do you use? Yeah. So I would say it's, I would probably focus more on ingredients that we don't use, you know, like phthalates, sulfates, things that are not good for your um, sodium lower sulfate. And so there's a whole family of ingredients, um, certain silicas and so forth. Uh, if, in fact, if you, um, Sephora's website is very comprehensive. Our website, very comprehensive. Um, I would say Sephora in terms of our retail partners is probably the most stringent, which I love because at the end of the day, we should all be raising the bar. Um, and we have, and they're great about having lots of conversations with their key partners that are, you know, more clinically based of like, what's your point of view on this? And, you know, where are we? And what's the latest research? Um, so for me, it's more about putting the good stuff in that works at the right levels and that plays well together and keeping the bad stuff out. And most people use ingredients that aren't great for their skin, A, because they don't know, B, and I'm talking about on the formulation side, or B, they're cheaper. That's just the, that is the reality. They're, they, they've been around longer. They might be more stable. Yes. Is it harder to formulate with clean ingredients? It is, but it is absolutely possible if you're willing to be patient and work through the formula and continue to pressure test. And it's like baking, honestly, like I love to bake. I mean, it, it literally is, it's chemistry. Um, you can get there, which we've been able to do. So we have a very edited range. We're never going to have 200 products, but every product that is there works. It is fantastic for your skin health. Now it's time to hear from our partner, Klarna. Klarna lets customers pay up to 30 days later or in three installments from thousands of online stores, including Charlotte Tilbury, ASOS and Colt Beauty. Find out more from Klarna.com. It sounds like you've had a very busy life since starting the brand. Um, hearing all of this and all these words and fancy fanciness, um, but I just quite like to sort of reflect on it a bit. Um, you've mentioned quite a few sort of accolades uh, while speaking so far, but what is something or some things that you're most proud of since starting the brand? Oh, that's sweet. Um, where my brain went first is. I, I, the thing I am most proud of is my children, honestly. And I know that has nothing to do with the brand, but it does have everything to do with the brand because I, it's scary having a brand that's growing very quickly while also making sure that I'm keeping my eye on the most important things. And I'll tell you, some days I feel like a great CEO, sometimes I feel like a great mom. And very rarely are they on the same day. And I have had to learn to be very deliberate with my time. I schedule time in with my husband and my kids and respect that time. Like it's a board meeting. It goes on my calendar. In the early years, I just 
I wasn't as deliberate about it. And it all of a sudden work can just take over. Um, I mean, my, my, my children could probably fall asleep to the sound of my computer faster than a sound machine because I, for years in meetings all day long, and then I actually catch up on my email and do my desk work at night, you know, from nine o'clock at night till one in the morning for years. And so I, you know, put my babies to bed and, you know, one of them would say, can you come snuggle me? And so of course I snuggle them and I try not to fall asleep. And, um, and then, you know, I remember my son Benton, he's like, will you just come work in my room? So, so many nights I would put him to bed and then he would just hear my like, click, 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 you know, my computer, um, and just fall right asleep. And I am, you know, when I look back, I'm so proud of my brand family that my family has stayed close and felt like a team. And, you know, we looked out to have three amazing kiddos who just have their heads on straight and are just good humans. And I'm grateful for that. Uh, I'm sure that's not because of me. I'm sure I did 1 million things wrong, but we could definitely couldn't love them more. And um, there were times that I, it was super inconvenient to fly back from the East coast to be home after my children were asleep so they could wake up with me being there and breakfast and take them to school. And, um, was I tired? Yes, of course. But I felt at peace because I was doing my best to put them first. So when I look back, that is what I'm the most proud of. Um, and then second to that is so proud of the team. As I look at team members that have been with me for years, the growth that they've had, I'm so proud of that. Like amazing leaders, amazing talent continue to challenge themselves and deliver expertly. In terms of industry awards, I would say I remember when New York Times did a full page article on, um, which doesn't typically cover beauty, on GlowPro and the movement and it being, you know, the new alternative to lasers and chemical peels, and you can do it at home and no downtime. And, that was just a really incredible moment to open the paper and, and see that. And when we won the Allure Best of Beauty Award, my husband's like, why are you so excited? I'm like, babe, this is like the Oscars of beauty. Like, this is a really big deal. This is really exciting. So that award was tremendous. Um, probably the like crowning award was Women's Wear Daily, um, which is a beautiful awards um, ceremony at the Rainbow Room in New York. So looking back at all of this since you started the brand, how do you feel about its progression until now? Oh my word. I think hindsight's always 2020 20 when you look back and and I think it's so easy to say, oh, should we have, you know, pulled this launch forward or this or that? And um, and life is gonna throw at you. I mean, being a, a CPG, you know, consumer brand, like a physical item that you purchase, um, when you have all of your brick and mortar retailers shut down. That was a curveball no one was expecting, right? Um, fortunately, because we've developed an omni-channel strategy, which was really important to me, I'm so thankful I could flip up, open my computer and broadcast to QVC, QVC UK, US. Um, and so we leaned into that channel when all the stores were closed, leaned into our digital channel and ended up having, you know, gratefully a really strong year. Um, but I think it's that ability to pivot because you can spend a lot of time going, OMG, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, or redirect that energy to go, yep, sky is falling. Here, we're going to go build some umbrellas. We are going to go cut, you know, grab this cardboard. We're just going to make it work. 
And it's not always going to be perfect. And it's not always going to be exactly like what you thought, but you can't be discouraged. And you've got to be open-minded to say, okay, what, what can we do right now? Stores are closed. We're going to do an Instagram live and we're going to, let's try this and um, stay in touch with our community. And, and I think we all needed that. We all needed to, that connectivity and to stay, to stay in touch. So to your question of, you know, does it look like exactly what I thought like? No, there's been all kinds of meandering and this and stops and goes. And, um, but from a macro point of view, I am really proud that we have been able to execute the roadmap that we set out to execute, which is delivering, empowering, incredible skincare for healthy skin, but period and stop and how that was distributed my dream for the brand would be to be in and be successful at each of the retail partners that we've selected. And it's a curated list. And we've been able to achieve that. What would you, what advice would you give to someone that's thinking about starting a skincare brand or a beauty brand? The most important advice, if I had to distill it down into one thing, is identify your motive and define happiness and success for yourself and, and be honest with yourself about that. And for someone, it might be, you know, I'm building up a brand. Um, uh, uh, let's take beauty aside. I love baking using this as an example, and I'm just happy to be in the kitchen baking. And my dream would be to just bake the most delicious cookies. And I'm rewarded by seeing smiles on people's faces and it's okay if I, I just want to be able to make enough to cover my living expenses and life expenses. And that is happiness to me. Awesome. Know that and define that. Uh, I have found Sophie that happiness is 100% tied to expectation. Truly think about it and, and name one instance that it's not. If I am going to Michelin three-star restaurant, you better believe I'm walking in with the expectation that this better like have a dance party on my tongue, right? Like it better be amazing. And if it was delightful and good, wonderful even, I might still be disappointed because I expected it to be spectacular, right? Um, if uh, I expect my husband to be home because I've got to run to the airport, but I never communicate that to him. I'm not going to be happy, but that's not fair to him because I didn't communicate that expectation to him, uh, personal, professional, whatever it might be. So I think really defining your expectations and what your end goal is and really to asking yourself. And if you're saying it's one thing, but really it's, it's another, as hard as it is to build a brand, I'm telling you right now, even with every tailwind out there, and everyone helping to push, it will never be enough if your motive is not aligned with, and I don't even want to say it'll never be enough if it's financial, for example, because if that is someone's end goal that, that to each their own, I, I'm not here to judge. I'm simply saying, be honest with yourself about what your motives are, because if it's not one that is enduring, you will go through so many hard days, amazing days but it will stretch you in a way that 
if you don't have enough gasoline in your engine and have to find that for yourself, that it can really force you to crumble. And I, and I think when I sit down and with founders and say, begin with the end in mind, fast forward five years, what does that look like to you? And I've been surprised. I've been on calls with dual founded, you know, co-founded companies and they both have different answers. That's a problem, right? Because someone's not going to be happy in the end if you're not communicating that expectation. For one, it's a hobby. And the other one is like, oh, I want us to be acquired. Like two totally different paths, right? Yeah, you speak of that end goal then. Mm-hmm. Looking forward for Beauty Bio, what are your ambitions for the future? What do you see in your future? Yeah, um, it's something that we talk about a lot. And uh, part of that end goal, if you will, um, was growing distribution in the right places, um, the right product mix for us. I really wanted to be able to offer solutions. And those came in forms of tools and topicals, which from an industry, consumers don't think of it that way, but in the industry, that it, there had yet to be a brand that was successful in both. I mean, we're the number one beauty tool, but 60% of our business is in skincare topicals. So that is like, that mix has actually never been achieved. And that was a goal of ours. So that's why we sampled all of our amazing skincare with our tools, which was an investment. But I believed in our formulas and people came back and they loved it. And, you know, it, it was a longer tail strategy versus just like pump things out and, you know, lean in, like really building the foundation for the brand. So we are achieving those really important uh, roadmap criteria moments. Um, and then when we look into the future, that moment that I shared of, you know, my daughter's walking into Harrods and seeing our brand, like I want to build a legacy that who knows, maybe they're, I want them, if being an equestrian writer or an author or an architect makes them happy, I support that, whatever they want to do. Um, if they want to be a part of the business when they're older, maybe that's something, but you get to a point where you're either starting to acquire other brands years down the road or looking at a strategic partner. Um, so I can't say what that looks like today. Um, there's certainly multiple, you know, paths that you can take um, and success. Right now, my focus is continuing to be a great partner to our partners and to our, our consumers. And then I think that will unfold. Right now, I'm really happy with the rhythm of the business, um, my involvement and um, different stages of life that could be different down the road. But um, building something that is a, as a lasting legacy um, is really important to me. Absolutely. Well, I, I really look forward to seeing what the future has for Beauty Bio. And thank you so much, Jamie, for speaking with me today. It's been really interesting to find out all about yourself, the Jet Brands journey and all your products. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Sophie, for having me. But you've been such a delight and, and thank you so much for your time. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to the In Conversation podcast. If you ever want to be there in person, make sure you sign up to our newsletter where you'll be the first to know about future events. You will also be kept up to date with breaking news, in-depth features and our data-led consumer studies. Thanks for listening. Thanks again to our partner Klarna. And remember to subscribe, sign up or do whatever it is to make sure you don't miss an episode.